welcome to our podcast. We read all the queer books. My name is Baz, he, they. I'm Liz, she, her. And today we have arbitrarily decided to do uh, a series, but it's only a duology, but it's still like its own series. Yeah. Um, the We're doing Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom. By Leigh Bardugo. Thank it's you. I guess about how to pronounce her name. I'm pretty sure. Or Lee Bardugo. Either um, way, you can understand who she is because you can look up the fucking title. Because you're smart and cool if you're listening to us. Shout out you're to just Nola us. and Nola's mom. And me. <laughs> it's just me. Um, we, you know, read a lot of queer books and the basis is that they have to be queer and have hope. And, you know, we choose our books and... We're pretty picky, mm-hmm. I would say. We read a lot, but we're picky. So yes. So I feel like that ends up being I mean, really normal events. Well, and that's the thing is that because, like, nowadays so many queer books are coming out, we can just, we could be constantly yeah. reading and not run out of queer oh my books. God. Where, but when we were kids, not oh, true. Nothing. Yeah. Even, like, I don't know, like, more, like... Ten years ago? Even just women books. Like, yeah. that's what it used to be. I, I used to just look for books about women. That's all we had growing up. Now, we have so many options, it's and we're great. just really we happy it. about it. It feels like such an abundance of queer books. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, so, we have a list that we kind of go through. Um, Guys, imagine if we tried to do this podcast ten years ago, we would have read the five, like, available queer books that fit our specifications, and then the podcast would have been over. <laughs> Wow, that's really sad, actually. <laughs> Especially, yeah, because, I mean, what gay literature there was when we were younger was mostly, like, pretty tragic adult stuff. I read a really good interview with Tamsin Muir, and she yeah. described those kinds of books as my sad coming out summer. Yes! <laughs> Such a good name <laughs> for that genre. And I just, like, I definitely read some of those, but, like, you know, you don't, like, we know our lives are hard. Um, I don't want to only read about our suffering. I want to read about our joy. Anyways, (laughs) we are doing Crooked Kingdom, well, Six of Crows Crows and Crooked Kingdom by Lee Bardugo, and they're some of our favorite books. Let's start with Spoiler Free. Spoiler Free. You're better at Spoiler Free than I am. Well, the first thing I'll say about these books is they're a little weird in that they are an independent duology, but they are kind of companion books to a series called Shadow and and Bone by the same author. There's a TV show of it now that's kind of different, but called the same thing. And King of Scars. But that takes place after. But they're still a part of the same universe. So you do not have to read that series to read this one. Not at all. But you will get some, you will get a couple spoilers for the end of that series. Like, kind of big general things. Yeah, like, you'll get, like, extra pieces if you read the other one, but it is absolutely not necessary. And I, I, I think those books are fine. I love these books. Like, Yeah, these books are better. I do enjoy Shadow and Bone, but that's a different conversation. Just know that there are there are some spoilers for Shadow and Bone in these books, so if you do read them, you might know a little bit about what happens in that series. Yeah, that is very true. Um, yeah, so, okay, spoiler free review. So, these books take place in a um, place called, almost all in a place called Ketterdam, which is this fictional country and, you know, like, this fictional world um, that's kind of, it reminds me of, like, Amsterdam and Venice. Yeah, um, um very heavy 
crime vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it has it's very like Venice, Amsterdam because of the canals and the old buildings. It's kind of industrial revolutionist. Like, yeah, like, the level of technology. Right, too. like they're at the point where like factories are exist and stuff, mm-hmm. but they also mostly like ride horses and like take like rowboats. Like Frederick feels very European to me. It too. does. Well, but it also feels like. Um, I mean, I guess part of it is because we spend all of our time in the, like, bad, quote, area of the city, but it just does feel, like, pretty, like, crime-heavy. It does. Like, it reminds me of, things. like, kind of, like, New York vibes, yeah. like, old New York vibes where it's, like, there's so many different gambling remember, dens. old New York was once New Amsterdam. Why? I'm gonna fucking kill you. (laughs) We might be giant song. I know what you're quoting. I'm not a moron. (laughs) I didn't know if you knew that song. Everyone knows that song. Um, Anyways, vibes. It has very dark, dirty. Oh, so grimy. Like, um,. Or, or, you know what it reminds me of is that show Peaky Blinders. Yes. Peaky yes. Blinders is the perfect actual yes. way to describe it. I haven't video. seen that much of it, but if you've even seen a little bit of it, like, that's the vibes. It's very, like, yeah, grungy, like, things are just starting to come up, but also, like, it's old. So, yeah, Industrial Revolution. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, in Six of Crows, basically, it's a prison heist is what the book is. Yes. That's not what you think it's gonna be at the beginning, because they're thieves and stuff, um, so, but they end up being like, well, we're thieves, like, we can steal things from, uh, like, locked safe, why not just steal a person? And that is just the funniest, <laughs> like, yeah, sure, we'll just apply our skills in a different way. <laughs> so, so they're, they're kind of like a, they're like an established gang, but they're definitely not the most powerful gang in the city. And the guy who is effectively leading it at this point is our main character, Kaz Brecker. Um, Kaz is an asshole and we love him. Yeah, the very first time I tried to read this, at the very beginning, like, he was like this very violent, mean white boy. And I was like, I don't think I want to read about this. And then you, one of the things about this book is that each chapter is from a different point of view. So, you really get, like, in-depth understanding of, like, mm-hmm. all of the different characters, which is part of what makes this book so good. And it's all third person, but it's, like, third person when you hear inside their heads right. a little bit. And so you get, like, like, Kaz just becomes, like, a very, like, you can really understand him. Um, so Kaz is, like, a master thief and lockpick and planner. He's really smart. So for the spoiler-free, all I would say about him, really, is that, like, he, he sets, settles, uh, or, like, creates a team of, like, highly skilled young thieves and criminals. They're, like, Ocean's Eleven, but they're all much more interesting. Yes. And they're all, like, really young, and they all have, but yeah, they all have, like, a different skill and it's, like, all to go, like, do this heist. And basically, yeah. Bust, and, the bust this guy out of a jail, effectively. Right. And, like, they don't know this guy, so it's, it's like, about, like, money and stuff more so. And so it's, it's a brilliant heist book. I mean, like, it's so, it's so tense, it's thrilling, it has a ton of yeah. twists. Um, it's very much, like, a thriller kind of book, like Ocean's Eleven, mm-hmm. where it's just, like... Every time you think you kind of, like, get to a place, like, there'll be a twist on, like, 
who's around or what's happening. But I think the But it also is organic. It doesn't yeah. feel like annoying. Like what? And I think the reason we love this book so much is that despite the fact it's like all this action, there's so many character moments. And well, yeah, cuz it's like from it's from all of their different points of view. Again, it's like third person, but you still like hear their thoughts and their feelings. And you also get to observe the other characters from all of these different perspectives. So you really just end up with every single character in this book is very, like, 3D. Like, you really, you totally understand everyone. So, like, the action is great, but the characters don't suffer at all for it. It's kind of like Amina that way. Right. Somehow, it's one of those rare books that really threads those together so perfectly. Right. So... Yeah, I mean, I feel that's the basis of the first book, and we can't give the basis of the second book without spoilers. There is, there is, there's some violence in it, right? It's crime. Oh yeah, I said trigger warning for, they talk about rape, it doesn't actually happen, but they talk about it, and they talk about other kinds of abuse. Really horrific trauma. Yeah, and violence. Like Bass said, it pretty much all happens beforehand. But, like, yeah, it's mostly flashbacks. Flashbacks. So, yeah, they're all like significantly yeah. traumatized to a point where like, it's it's like very hard at points. But kind of the reason I think we also love these books is that it ends up kind of being about healing because they like, in working together, become close and like give each other things that they've never had. Yeah. It's a character-driven heist. Yes. Which are rare. Usually I feel like they're plot-driven. So, and the whole, like, both books are very much, like, character-driven. Every twist is more about, like, how the characters are learning and growing than it is about mm-hmm. outside factors, I would say. Because they're always about to die. Yes, So that, always. like, makes them really reflect on themselves. It's really, you know? yeah, it's really good for trauma, you know, should to, like... Should trauma- all traumatized people go on heists? Yeah, go? we should definitely... Our therapy should just be, like, putting us in life-threatening situations. <laughs> oh God, I'm sure that would go really well! What if your therapist was Kaz and just oh my was, God. go break in there with me? <laughs> So, yeah, I think probably there's nothing else we really need to say for spoiler free. I wouldn't. The, the world is really cool. The characters are amazing. The action is great. It's just, they're amazing books. Yeah, it's they're they're just very well done. Um, the author is very good at bringing multiple different pieces together. Um, and, yeah, it has these, like, two companion series. And if you watch the show, you will have random pieces of information. <laughs> But also the show is completely different, so you yeah. will be so confused. It's, yeah. So come in, <laughs> come into it with an open mind. Yes, it, it will be different from the show. If that's so different, what you know. Do you know where you want to start? No, I was about to ask you. Um, I mean, I would say that it opens up with, um, Kaz and Inej really, like, heavily from their perspective, I feel like, is the the very beginning. I love the first sentence. Oh, wait, you don't mean the joust. So, it does, it opens up, technically, both of the first, both books open up with a totally separate character that just gives you plot points to start from, which I feel like is a super interesting way to start a book. 
It, but it also, like, if you don't know what's coming, it's very confusing. Like, You're why... Like, is this our main character? Right. No, he's dead now. No, yeah. <laughs> but... Two. In Ash. Kaz didn't need a reason. Kaz Brecker didn't need a reason. Yes. <laughs> Those were the words whispered on the streets of Ketterdam. Um, so I just think that's, like, such a brilliant intro to tell you immediately, you know... Well, but she goes on to say, like, that's what it said in the streets, but I know that every single thing he does has a reason. Yes. And I think, like, that is really what those two thoughts together are a perfect explanation of Kaz. Yes. Because he, he has, he is not, um, a genetic psychopath, but he is, he, like, groomed himself to become a psychopath. And so it's very interesting to watch Jesus, him. What a way! Just he groomed himself to become a psychopath. He did it's so accurate, and just like only Cass would do that. Well, okay, but to be fair, I in in the situation where your brother dies and you end up on a pile of dead bodies in the water, one of the most horrific body horror scenes I have ever read, and it just keeps going oh, because oh he God. first falls asleep on his brother's dead body, and then is in a boat with dead bodies, and then is out on the water with dead bodies, and then uses his brother's dead body to float back to shore. And they literally talk about, like, the skin... We're not gonna go into it. It's really bad. Oh my god, it's so bad. Anyway, but so when Kaz... I mean, I do really feel like that's one of those things where suddenly everything makes sense about him. That's true. Because he... When he gets up onto the shore finally, he's, like, he has literally nothing but his life. He barely has clothes. He doesn't have shoes. He doesn't have a job. He doesn't have family. He doesn't have money. He was just kind of a sweet kid before that. He was a very typical child before this, and that's what I think is the most interesting and also makes it, like, He's so relatable. Like, I can totally see myself going this way. Mm-hmm. Like, all things considered, like, just deciding, like, fuck it, like, I'm, the only thing I have left is to get back at this person. And he's like, it was super easy once I realized that all I had to do was kick someone smaller than me. Yeah. And he, that's oh, just how he that went. Realization. Yeah. And it's just, it's incredibly interesting because yeah i do feel like he creates himself himself. he he creates his own myth both for the world and for himself well and also um pekka created kaz right because he's the one who did this to him but i i talk about how madame like helen or helena 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 created inej you know and just like people creating their own like undo i don't Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I think... I think I, I think I jumped the track a little bit. Yeah. So, Inej at one point talks, says this great thing. So, Inej is Suli, and they are a nomadic people who have a lot of, like, wisdom that she talks about. Um, and it's very interesting and beautiful. But one of the things she talks about is that, like, people create their own shadows. Yes, that's it. Shadows. And so... Helena is the woman who um, bought Inej off the slavers at 14 and forced her to be a prostitute. And Pekka is the, like, head crime boss who um, did... I mean, that's the thing, is that Inej also brings up this up to Gaz. 
he basically did what Kaz did, which is, like, hurt anyone and anything in order to gain power. Mm -hmm. But also, like, Kaz does have his own rules, which is, like, no, like, once once he's off the ground, because, like, when he's a child, he just hits anyone, because he's... He's literally nine when all of that yeah. happens. So he's, like, a literal tiny child. But, like, but once not, like, he becomes an adult... He doesn't even become an adult. No. Because, <laughs> well, right, like Baz was saying, he's not actually, like, a psychopath. He, like, trained himself to be one in a specific right. way for survival. So he does no, like, he doesn't hurt, like, women and kids kind of thing. But also, like, he'll hurt them to a point. But, like, he doesn't sell people... Um, and so he has, like, these certain things. He has a code. But it's also, like, but he also doesn't. He also would do anything to take down Pekka. But, yeah, so because Pekka, like, ruined his life completely. He was responsible for his brother dying and them losing all their money. Well, he was responsible for them losing all their money and all their everything. And therefore... Yeah. His brother died on the cold streets of Ketterdam. But yeah, like, so they are the two two arguably main characters, even though technically they're all kind of the mm-hmm. same level, are kind of shadows of these two mm-hmm. powerful adults in this crime community. But Inej also talks about thinking about, like, who their own shadows yeah. will be because they have done horrible things to survive. So Inej is, right, like, Kaz will do anything. Like, he doesn't automatically, but he will. And Inej has... He has to have a reason, but he will also do it. Because he's thought of as a person who would do anything, but he always actually has a reason. And he just, like, lets people embellish the stories so that he becomes this monster. Because you never have... You don't have to do everything monstrous if everyone thinks you're a monster. Kaz has, like, three layers where he has, like, the person who wants people to think he is. Right. The person he's, like, had to actually become to and do then that. And then the his, kid beneath the kid. everything. Yeah, because the kid is yeah. always there. Inej has morality, and she That's has it. her she saints. Has morality. And, and she has it. a conscience. Um, but she also will do anything to survive. And I think that that ends up being one of those things is that these are all, like, literal children who have, arguably, Kaz and Inej have zero other options. No, yeah, there's no Some of the other characters have other options. They aren't good options, though. (laughs) So they're, like, choosing, like, the best of the worst options. But Kaz and Inej literally have no one, Which nowhere I think to go. Is a re- another reason they connect so profoundly. Right, they become each other's people because they have nothing else, and they really just become a partnership. And it's not a partnership that Kaz meant to create. Oh my God. He fights so hard not to. Well, and he like. And I think that's the thing, is that Inej ends up keeping it a partnership with power dynamics longer than it actually is a partnership with power yeah. dynamics, because Kaz... She's afraid to trust him for really good Good reasons. reason. Yeah, like, you should not trust Kaz. Uh-huh. Like, it is so fucking fair. Because, again, like, these books are about them healing, which is a super interesting thing to say. Because, like, the books 
as a plot yeah. or like it's a heist thing and then it's like a revenge kidnapping it's the heist of healing yourself <laughs> oh my god it kind of is though <laughs> like it sounds so stupid but they, it's true they literally just like all come together and give each other the first safe space they've ever had even though they are constantly almost dying <laughs> and so i don't know how to explain that and like yeah, Kaz is kind of awful a lot of the time. A lot and, like, of the time. You know, Mina and other crows hate him for it a lot of the time. Mostly Mina. She's mostly the one who vocally... I mean, Nina hates him for it, but also, like, definitely, like, by the end, even Nina has gone over. Like, yeah. Nina has... But also that's because Kaz earned it. Yeah. And that's the thing, is that, like, Kaz does change. Like, all of them change. And I think that that, again, that's the most interesting part of these books, which is weird because it's one of those things, kind of like anime a lot, when you, like, if you describe the plot, <laughs> you don't understand why it it's so captivating. <laughs> but, like, it is. Like, it's all of them so really well interact and learn about themselves and each other. She took, like, five, six like, full characters on full healing journeys through yeah. two books. I feel like that should take ten books to do. I Yeah. And it's just, like, every single moment. And that's the thing, is that I think she manages to multitask, basically. So, like, the when you learn about Inej's life growing up, it's when she's climbing the incinerator shaft, and she's literally thinks she's going to fall off and die. Mm -hmm. And so, like... That is when you suddenly address her childhood. And it's super that interesting. That amazing. Like, and that's the thing, is so many of the scenes are like that. I kind of thought Inej was going to die the first time I read it. Like, it was so I mean, the dramatic. thing is, is that, again, like, if Inej died, they all would have died. Yeah. So I kind of assumed <laughs> she wouldn't, but at the same time, it's so tense. Let's talk about some of the other characters. Um, so there's also in this main group, Nina and Matthias, whose names are said together because they are in love <laughs> with each other. Um, and they are also very much, again, another Romeo and Juliet, mm -hmm. where he is, like... Literally trying to, like, catch and kill her. Right. But she is also, like, a rebel leader in that idea of it. So she is... Or not a leader, but a rebel fighter, because she is a spy, mm -hmm. legitimately. She's a soldier and a spy, also, legitimately. She's like seventeen. Like. Yeah, and so is he. He's the oldest of the whole group, and I think he's eighteen I by the so time too. the second, or by the time the book starts. Because again, all of their backgrounds get revealed as like flashbacks, but the main plot that actually happens is just them doing a heist. Like that's literally the whole book. Yes. Is just them doing a heist. Well, the second book is, like, two small heists. Yeah, the second book is getting one of their crew that got kidnapped back, and then um, toppling the empire Pekka that Pekka Rollins. Rollins created. And, like, literally, that's all the plot of the second one. But it's also so complicated. And so much character yeah, development so much happens. Is going on, especially in the second one. The second one gets so intense. So much stuff. There is are happening. like five different plot lines going on. One of my favorite things in the second one is when so Inej she has someone trying to kill her, and it's just this dramatic bitch who wears all white and calls herself like 
Dunya of the First Blade. Yeah. And she just fucking shows up out of nowhere, like, I don't know, halfway into the book. Yeah. And, like, she obviously thinks she's the main character. And right. And she's like, oh, honey, you're, you're not You're literally character. a side character. You just yeah, out of nowhere. <laughs> it's super funny, because she, like, definitely has been told slash believed she's, like, some chosen one assassin of the world. And then Ines just ends up killing her by, by getting her to basically walk off a roof. <laughs> like, it's literally, like, so funny. she can't, she is a really good fighter, but, like, Inez just knows the terrain better, and that's how she wins. She gets her to step on, like, a crumbling edge of a roof or yeah. something, and she just, literally, that's she just it. dies. Yeah, and it's so <laughs> great, because it, I feel like it's another one of those tropes that just got turned on its head, where it's like, Oh, you thought you were important? <laughs> You're dead, bitch. She literally doesn't matter, but she's it's the so most funny. flamboyant, gay, like, little fuck. But definitely, like, arrow ace villain, yes. like, just literally there for the murder and the vibes. And then Inej kills her. <laughs> it's so funny. It she is so funny. almost kill Inej. If it weren't for Nina Skeletons, she probably would have died. Yeah, the first time Nina saved her, the second time Inej had enough warning to be able to trick her yeah. off the roof because Kaz was like, um, what do you have that she, she doesn't, doesn't have? Like, that's... you have to use that. God, Kaz is so... I don't have Kaz in my life. I can be... Just be like, how do I do this? I... I do that for you. I guess so. I guess I've never had to ask you about fighting a mortal enemy in a sword fight. Oh, but I know the answers. You, you do? just you're not a violent person. I am. Oh. <laughs> I didn't realize you I know, the answers. I mean it depends on like what do you want to take them down all the way? What how much you want to take them down? <laughs> and what situation is it? How big is the person? Are okay. we going for final end or well, just like a moment if you're down? A real person listening, this is our <laughs> email us at we read queer books at gmail.com and ask Bass a question about anything. No, don't ask about murder. Bill just answer. I don't I don't wanna <laughs> admit that on in writing. I can well, this is being recorded. Yeah, Anyways. It's not writing. You know it's, what? It's dolly. Everyone knows where I'm crazy. You know, recorded things aren't legal in court. They aren't? No, I'm just you don't really know. Jesus fucking no Christ. <laughs> anyway. Really so, Nina is a Grisha, so she um, has the, like, magic power over the human body, so she can kill you with, like, basically just by looking at you. She can relax you. But, yeah, she can also, like, change what you look like. She can relax you. Mm -hmm. She helps heal Inej when she's hurt. Also... Nina's fat and gets to be fat, which is yeah. really nice. Well, except when she's addicted to Prime and then she loses a lot of weight, but it's like because yeah, she's but unhealthy. That, yeah, that's because she's literally addicted to something that like kills you by taking mm -hmm. away your um hunger. Yeah. So and she quickly regains the fat. Like very yeah. quickly. Um Yeah, Nina is just like a big person, both like in reality and also in like Body, personality yeah. like she's so she's great she's very boisterous oh my god which is also a hard thing about her powers changing because like nina like just she like she glowed life in so yeah. many ways right she's such a part of life she's such she's so has such a big spirit 
and then she loses that right and as part of kind of you know as a part of death instead in a lot right. of ways um and then uh matthias is just a grisha hunter crazy nazi dude so him and um, <laughs> him and nina basically got like titanic together but yeah they actually survived thanks and to just powers. those two or they think it's just those two. So they, like, you know, are in an ocean, just literally the two of them, and they manage to get back to shore after, like, more than 24 hours or something. And, you know, of course, they're both freezing, so they have to sleep with their bare skin together on the first night. And... Well, and they have to, they, like, end up alone wandering half-starved mm-hmm. for, like, two weeks in the wilderness. So, of course, they fall in love. So it, like, breaks down all of the boundaries, which is, again, it's, that's what this these books do, is that they put people in these situations uh-huh. of super high risk where they have to reevaluate. And so eventually Matthias has to admit that Nina is a human being and a person. did not think Nina was a human at Like, first. he was taught that she was less than human. <clears throat> Um, which, yeah, it goes back to the whole indoctrination and, like, Nazi stuff. Like, he legitimately believed those things. Mm -hmm. And that is the most terrifying. Um. It feels very realistic. It's very realistic. And it's very much, like, Nina just, like, behaves like herself. And she's silly and she's kind and she's lovely. She's lusty. Matthias is such a prude. It's so funny. And, yeah, Nina just, like, convinces him over time that, like, she's a human being. Because also, like, he is willing to Mm -hmm. learn that, but his family was murdered by her kind, and so, like, he was primed, and then he was put into being, like, a young Nazi. Yeah, and Nina also, right, she doesn't believe he can change, and then she actually sees that he does, and I think that's why she falls for him, too. Yeah, so she sees him fight for his humanity and then and choose his humanity, and he finally just, like, sees her as a human, and that's all it takes, because Nina is amazing. <laughs> so then they run across some of Nina's, like, old companions. Well, current companions. Yeah, well, I guess she just hadn't seen them since they because, thought she died. Yeah. But, um, and then the only way Nina can make sure... Um, that Matthias doesn't get taken away by them is basically by saying that he's a slave trader and getting themselves escorted to Kerch because that's what happens if you do that. Yeah, so that's how they end up in Ketterdam is because Nina has to come for the trial and then she tries to, like, take it back but no one cares in Ketterdam because they want prisoners because mm-hmm. it's, you know, America and they make money off of people being in prison. Fun. So then Nina basically stays there to try to figure out how to get Matthias out of prison. Right. So she they fell in love, and she's still in love and trying to fix it, but he ends up in prison because of what she said, and, and so she, he thinks she betrayed him. Yes, he thinks she just made, you know, like, he fell in love with her, and then she just betrayed him and was lying about everything. So the books start off once they have saved him from the prison, so he really thinks that Nina betrayed him and is, again, thinks that she's some sort of just, like, witch, animal, horrible. tries to, like, strangle her the first time he sees her after being in prison. Yeah, so he, like, yeah, there's a lot of work he has to go through, and it, but again, it's like, he does go through it. He changes, he chooses her, and it's very, 
It's very and cool he, to watch. When he gets there, he's there. <clears throat> like, he right. realizes his priority, and he, like, turns against his former, like, commander slash kind of dad. Father figure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they're a very complicated, but also, like, the least complicated, in some ways, couple. Yeah, because as people, they're both kind of direct. Yeah, they're both very like, straightforward. You know lies, but she's also straightforward. She's very straightforward. And he, once he understands where her lies stop and where her honesty is, he completely falls for her. Well, yeah. he's already fallen for her, but he, like, lets himself choose that. And so they are, like, the most straightforward piece of this book in so many ways. Because mm-hmm. Matthias is just... He's just he, a good man. Yeah. And they just... Right, it takes him a while to let that goodness out. Right. Because he just... It's just unfallibly good. And so he's a hard character for me because I do resent, like, what he was and, like, how he behaved. But also, like, there is something that's just, like, really cool and really beautiful about watching someone, like, find their humanity and, like, become the person that they wanted to be. There also aren't a lot of books that actually have a depiction of someone basically coming back from being in a hate group. Right. That's something that doesn't get depicted much, and it's, like... It's really beautiful. It's really powerful. Um, and Nina really comes into herself where... Because, I mean, she was a a kid, and things went very wrong. Mm -hmm. So she really, like, comes into herself and into her power. But then at the end of the first book, she fucks up her power. And so that's the whole thing that the heist... They're trying to get the scientist who made this drug, Parem, which makes the magical people, Grisha, super powerful, but also Uh addicted, (laughs) and it will literally, like, kill them. Yeah, like, it's, it's, like, fatal, basically, to do one dose. Yeah, like, you become immediately addicted, and you become addicted to the point where you aren't interested in food or sleep or anything else. <clears throat> like, if um, just a tiny bit gets into you, it will do that to you. So, at the end of the first book, though, they get totally stuck. Kaz... There's, like, an army between them and yeah. where they want to go. And it's like, Kaz did so well with his planning, but, like, several things were completely out of their control. <laughs> and there's a literal army in front of them. And so Nina ends up taking this drug to save everyone. And she literally just makes everyone fall unconscious, the whole, like, army. Yeah, there's, like, 100 or 150. She just makes fall over, like, sheaves of wheat fallen in the fields. I mean, she has, like, the power of a god. Yeah. And so then she ends up walking towards the Druskela, and they're shooting her, and she's just healing herself, and she walks forward, and then she, yeah... So uses Karem the is, like awful and evil. The scene that Grisha on it is so cool. Just, yeah, like, it just it's elevates their power so much. But it also like is terrifying. Like they there are is this gods. there's this line where after Nina sees Grisha and Parem the first time and she's so disturbed by it and she's like that was so like terrifying to be on the other side and Matthias was like can you understand then like what it feels like for the rest of us with you as just you yeah. being normal. And that was, like, super interesting. Yeah. Like, Nina and Matthias, I think, have the most, like, interesting conversations that 
talk about like big political things. Well, because they're literally on opposite sides. Right. right Whereas everyone else's stuff is all like very personal. It's very like within themselves problems. Whereas Nina and Matthias's problems, they're okay as people. Nina and Matthias are also like patriots. Right. Where everyone else And soldiers. Yeah, everyone else is more, right? They came from somewhere else. Or, I mean, Kaz has kind of his own love for the barrel, but it's sort of... Yeah, but he loves the barrel because it's his, not... Yeah. Mm -mm. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. So, they're like a very different kind of characters, but they mesh beautifully with these other characters. And they it's... challenge each other in the exact right ways. Right. And I think that that's one of those things that makes the book, like, so good, is that all of these characters are super different, and or on different sides of, like, a spectrum, and that pushes everyone in the right directions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, Nina ends up figuring out that she taking the Purim completely changed her power, and now she can, um, play with bones. She and she is, <laughs> she is not happy that she is a necromancer at all. No. Um. literally, her, her ability was about life. Yeah. And now suddenly it is the opposite of that, and she, she can't feel people's hearts anymore in the way she used to, and. Yeah, she can't feel the life in the world. Like, she's cut off from the world, she feels like. And she just doesn't even realize she has any power still at first. She just thinks... She thinks that she just has nothing and that her power makes her sick. And so, eventually she figures out through, again, a life-threatening situation. (laughs) Because literally all of their growth is due to life-threatening situations. Mm -hmm. Which is... Kind of too bad, but also really funny to watch. Again, I think we need heist healing. <laughs> yes. Um, and, but, like, Matthias actually ends up being the one that, like, convinces her that, like, nothing's wrong with her. And that, like, she can mm-hmm. be this new person and be good and be powerful. And then he dies. Oh, my God. But it's, like, literally devastating because it's in, like, the last two chapters the even more heartbreaking thing, too, is so, um, the person who kills Matthias is a young member of the Druskella, who Matthias is, like, Matthias could have taken him out, and he, like, puts down his gun, and is, like, you don't have to believe this, you don't have to hate Carisha. Because all he sees is himself. And then the kid shoots him as he's trying to, you know, do what was done for him to another kid, and, uh, it's so tragic. Yeah, it's, it's very, like, moving and tragic, and... And it it is devastating. Okay, you know what else is brilliant about what everyone's ending? Matthias has like resolved his whole arc. Yep. When he dies, yep. so he still gets to resolve his arc, but Nina had not. Yep. And so then she gets to keep. Oh, it's so good. Yep. God, she's good. So the other main characters Nola. are Wylan uh-huh. and Jesper, and they are the most adorable little <laughs> gay couple. Ever. They're so cute. And they really take their time to fall in love and, like, really... Neither of them are nearly as traumatized as all of the other characters. Like, um, Wylan has a bit of family trauma, but at the same time, like... His dad did literally try to kill him. Yeah, but but that's not childhood trauma. Like, it's, like, the That's difference true. between having CPTSD and PTSD. That's true. He was just neglected. Right. As a kid. He wasn't, like, abused. Right. So there's, like, Wylan is still pretty traumatized, 
Um, I just want to call him Wiley Coyote. <laughs> well, and Jesper, like, is traumatized in different ways because yeah. his mom died when he was young. He isn't supposed to be what he is, like, because he's also Gracia and he's, like, hiding it. So, yes. But again, I still think that Wyland and Jesper are the least traumatized. Yes, they are. In the way that they are both the most able to express themselves and, like, be themselves. Because it's more like, they get, like, soap opera obstacles. Yes. Like, Wyland looks just like someone else, and Jesper accidentally kisses that person. Right. It's not, like, internal stuff as much. Well, and they have conversations about, like, their issues, and, like, it's very hard to get, especially, like, Jesper to have those conversations, but once again... To the rescue comes the death-defying situations that force them to reconsider their life choices. It's like a game show. <laughs> but <laughs> it would be such a good game show. It would be such a you good game show. Um, but yeah, so they are they are kind of like a very like slow, kind of silly, almost like teen sitcom of a relationship in the middle of all this shit. They're just soft boys falling in love. I know. They're so sweet. And I I really enjoy them. And it's like one of those things when you think about the book I'm like, oh my god, like Kaz and Inej, like they're my like favorite characters. But when I read the book, every single character gets so much time and yeah. space and you really understand them at a deep the, level. The first book, Wylan, is new and you don't yes. really get to know him that well. And this book is where you really get Wylan because you get his perspective. Right. Well, you get his perspective in the... You don't. His perspective's never in the first one. Seriously? Yeah, she actually talks about it a little bit in the intro to the into oh, Perfect Kingdom. No he wonder. wasn't a crow yet, is what she says. Okay. It's like, yeah, he needed to go through the ice court heist with them. To right, because he was still a soft boy. Because, again, like, he has trauma, but also, like, his trauma was never the same. And never anywhere nearly as dramatic in that kind of way. I love every time he has to shoot a gun in the first <clears> one. Jesper's just, like, laughing at him because he's just, like, firing without looking. <laughs> or, like, cradling the gun like it's a baby. <laughs> because, again, Kaz and Inej have killed people. And have really hurt people. Yes. Plenty of times. And Matthias and they Nina are, are literal soldiers, so they have also literally killed people and literally hurt people for a cause. Yeah. And then Jesper is definitely a murderer because he's a gunslinger and stuff. And that's also the thing is that, like, Wyland doesn't quite fit in because, like, he's 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 not a murderer. murderer. (laughs) This whole time he's like, why am I here? He literally, the first book, he keeps being like, can I, like, not be here? (laughs) One of my favorite things about Wyland's arc, too, is he doesn't lose his softness. No, he he literally never kills anyone the whole time. uh, edges, you know? But well, like he gains he gains his own backbone and yeah. the strength he needs for that. He but he strength. But he doesn't change. He stays yeah. a soft boy. It's he so nice. only like he finally chooses to fight only because 
he wants to fight for his mother. He's such a pure soul. Right. And it's really funny to have him be surrounded by all of these literal <laughs> psychopaths and sociopaths. And then we get Jesper's dad, and there's just two of the, like, yeah. two of these things that are not like the other. <laughs> so, yeah. He's sweet. I He does end up being, like, a character that I, like, really genuinely care about. But, yeah, I think because he doesn't have a point of view mm-hmm. in the first one, like, he doesn't feel as He doesn't feel as much important like a person. Or, yeah. Like, we don't really understand him in a deeper way at all. But Jesper and him start flirting a bit in the first book. It's yeah. cute. Well, Jesper starts flirting with him. Wyland is such a sad little baby. He's... <laughs> It's so funny. Yep. But, Not yeah. yeah Jasper is... From extreme privilege to literally on the street with your dad trying to kill you in the course of, like, a day. Right. And so that's the thing, is that, like, Wyland grew up privileged, but also, like, psychologically tormented because he can't read. And so... But that only started when he was, like... 10, I think his dad gave up on him. I think so. So, like, he still kind of, like, got a pretty, like, nice, privileged childhood. And it all got blown apart, so, like, he definitely has trauma. But, like, of all of the characters, like, he had... He's the only one who, like, had a true childhood. And then, like, yeah, his privilege, like, slowly gets chipped away. And then, all of a sudden, in one day, his dad tries to kill him. Jesper also gets a childhood. Right, and I think that's why these two, and that's what I mean by, like, these two are the least traumatized, not because bad things don't happen to them, but because they had, like, at least one loving parent and Mm -hmm. at least, like, several years of, like, care, you know? So, yeah, like, I feel like that's one of those things is that all of the couples in this book have, like, very specific tropes and very specific, like things that they have to work on Mm -hmm. um and it's very interesting the way that like they each have someone to balance them okay so we're talking about jesper and wylan theirs is probably the cutest relationship because they're the least traumatized and nez and kaz have the most fraught relationship and it's it's not cute no them together they are like soulmates and a really fierce and intense way yeah and that's what their relationship is like and yeah so i think you know because they are the most traumatized it makes a lot of sense that they have the least cute relationship well right because the basis of both of their traumas means that they don't really like physical affection Mm -hmm. um kaz's is so bad that he can't touch skin on skin without feeling dead people um, but she also, was, having been a prostitute, yeah. like, well, it's not really prostitution if you're a slave, so I don't even know how to say that, but whatever. Her being raped so many times, she, like, she dissociates from touch, yeah. and she, like, like, at one point she, in her head, is, like, hoping that he'll kiss her, but then also not hoping that he'll kiss her, like, and then he scared. doesn't kiss her, and then she's, like... If I think about it too hard, I don't even know what I would do if he did, because I might freak right. out. <laughs> and so it's just, like, their relationship is such a mess, because they are horribly traumatized, 
and they have, they feel like they have no safe space to go back to, which means Mm -hmm. they're constantly in survival mode. It's really, I mean, they become each other's safe space, but Right, but they fight that because they're so scared to rely on each other that they fight becoming each other's safe space. You know, another amazing thing about these books, all the other things going on, and she wrote, like, three really different feeling romance stories in it, too. Yeah. Matthias and Nina are, again, a pretty different flavor. Right. I mean, they are just fierce the whole time. Matthias and Nina's relationship is fierce from the moment to the beginning to the end, from their hatred to their love. But they also don't have to, like... you know, the way that Inej and Kaz pull away from each other because they're scared of their feelings is very different for Nina and Matthias. Right. Like they... I don't think... It, I wouldn't call Kaz and Inej fierce. It's, like, deeply passionate, but, like, it's so separated from actually showing yeah. emotion that it's, like, it's passionate almost cold. Is a good word for Nina and Matthias. Yeah, and Nina and Matthias are just, like, on fire the entire yes. time. Like, they literally <laughs> hate each other... They think each other are the worst person ever. They, like... So you have this, like, this subtle, very, like, quiet romance going on with Kaz and Inej that's also very intense. You have this incredibly passionate, dramatic romance going on with Nina Matthias. That everyone then, knows and about. And cute gay boys in the background with Lylan and Jesper. <laughs> all during the same time as the character development into <coughs> and the heist. Like, and the political movements. Oh Several countries. How does she make that all work? I don't know, bro. (laughs) That is talent. Yeah. So, I just... All of the character interactions are the whole point of this story. And I think that that's why it's so good. Shout out to... is very hard to find books with strong female friendships. Yeah. And... Inej and Nina. So good. So, women supporting each other in just, like, such a good way. And they just have a connection that no one else there does, which feels very real to me. Yeah. Just, like, the way that, like... Because they are the closest, easy... Like, they have the closest relationship with no boundaries of the entire group until the end when they finally all have, like, broken down enough boundaries. Which just feels like the way that, like... That would would happen. Yeah, I mean, it's like six people and four of them are boys. Yeah, like (laughs) obviously the two girls are gonna have a connection as the only two girls. I feel like often, like you only have one girl in the high school, or you have two when they're jealous of each other, or they just literally never talk to each other. It's so bad. Can we just have more than one woman and can they be friends, please? That's all I want, guys. And they're, like, they're such good friends. Because, again, it's just, like, every single character has a different dynamic Mm -hmm. with every other character. Because they all have such different backgrounds. And it's very interesting watching them deal with these both personal and political big ideology questions. But also, it's just a heist. I I don't know what to tell you. Like... It's... The second one we were saying before gets particularly complicated. Yeah. Like, the first one, the plot is fairly... It's literally just a heist. The second one, a lot happens. There is so much going on, and she does But it's also just... Like, all of the pieces of the puzzle are really just about a whole new, bigger heist. Yes. But it's also, like, so many pieces to this puzzle. It's really, really complicated. Um... It's, it's so well written for yeah. that. Because, again, they manage to have conversations that are both political, worldwide conversations about this drug and about what it would do to both the economy and the people. Mm-hmm. 
And also, like, have very deep, meaningful connections of a personal level of healing their childhood trauma. Like, also, these books are funny. Somehow, they're so funny. Like, how do they? I laugh all funny. of the time. Nina provides a lot of the humor. I think Nina's really funny. And Jasper. Jasper, yeah, Nina and Jess. God, they're such classic buys. Yes. Oh my God. But the I... number of of queer people in this book oh my considering God. should we count the queers i mean it's most of the characters i mean really it's just like the main characters the only one that i'm not sure about is matthias i think is maybe just straight but also i feel like he's actually too traumatized to be anything maybe he's like daddy <clears throat> well i just don't think we i don't think he expresses any care about male bodies, but also he doesn't seem to notice or care about any other female bodies. That's true. And he's so that's why it's just Nina. like he's Nina sexual. Um but yeah, I feel did like we talk about all of all of our murder babies. Yeah, I mean we didn't talk about some of the like extra plots, but I don't There's really think that that's a lot that happens in the yeah. one too. Like it's you don't need to talk about the whole plot. No, I think it's Again, just, like, really well done. It's all of these different, like, character arcs. All the threads tie together in the end in a really good way, too. Cause yeah, everything comes together, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel forced. No, not at all. And in some ways, actually, I also think that Kaz has this kind of, like, Sherlock Holmes feel to him. Because he can, like, read everyone around him. And he's always, like, pulling tricks. Mm-hmm. Where, at one point, Jesper is, like... I can never tell how much Kaz plans for these things and how much it's just like luck that his things and then work he takes out. Credit. <laughs> right. And it's like you don't know. And sometimes I feel like Kaz doesn't even totally so, know. That's called the Xanatos Gambit. No matter what <laughs> happens, you just take credit for it and say, That's what I planned all along. Well, and that's the thing, is that that's how Kaz created his person. Is like so in the very first chapter that's from Inej's point of view, he threatens a guy saying that he's gonna burn his girlfriend alive. Yeah. And but he literally didn't do anything. And later in the book he says he's going to bury a child a, alive. No, he he says that he did. Yeah, he says he's, he buried he's a child telling, alive. He literally convinces Pekka Rollins that he has buried his son alive in an unmarked grave. And Inej believes him. And well, because that's the thing is that Kaz again created this personality. He is a master mm-hmm. of lying, and so he just convinces this guy. This guy gives him everything he needs to crush him, and he didn't even do it. The son is at home. He's like be digging in this park all day. <laughs> and it's like, I think that's one of those things that like that's why he's one of my favorite characters. Is that like he is terrible and he will do terrible things. But it's always for a purpose, and I very much understand that. Yeah. And on top of that, like, he really just, like, chooses his people. And it's, like, something that he doesn't want to do. Oh, no, he really tries not to. But, like, he really, like, keeps doing it. Even from the very beginning. Like, he goes out of his way for all of the characters. Yeah. For a reason, quote, but also, like, he still does that. And he, like, consistently does I'm that. I'm really glad. Because I, okay, so there's a subplot this whole time, too, of Jesper had definitely been in love with Kaz for a long time. <laughs> yeah, Kaz he, and, an, or, Jesper and Inej are both in love with Kaz, and they even both kind of 
console each other. <laughs> and at really one funny. point, one of them is like, you're too good for him. And the other one's like, I know, you are too. <laughs> and they're like, I know. Like, it's literally so cute. It's so funny. Um, but yeah, so there's kind of a subplot of Jesper kind of been in love with Cass, and Cass just never gives him the, like, he never loves him back. Like, verbally, you know? So, like, Jasper is just kind of sometimes... Well, but like, he also... That means he never leads him on, which I do right. appreciate. But even, like, in, you know, a friend or appreciation way, like... Yeah, Cass yeah. so rarely says things, to, and Jasper really craves his approval. Yeah, um, that's, like, Jasper's, like, biggest thing is that he's a gambler, and he... <laughs> he craves, like, his people's approval, and at first, the only person that is his people is Kaz, who is Dirty Hands, the, like, worst guy in the barrel. So... Undiagnosed ADHD. Oh, 100%. (laughs) He's just a ball of ADHD. Yes. With powers. (laughs) Like... And guns. Yeah, but the funny part, when we learn that he's using his power on his guns unconsciously, I love that. Oh, he curves the bullet at the end. I know, I love that. That's, like, my favorite. what, What I was saying was, it was kind of a small subplot... But she does such a good job resolving the relationship between Kaz and um, and Jesper at the end, too. You mean when like, they beat the shit out of each other? Yeah, and then they basically... <laughs> no, it's after that. <laughs> That's, like, their worst point. But, like, basically, you know, they're brothers to each other, and, like, Kaz And that's how Kaz has seen that. him. And that's one of those things, too, that it's, like, Kaz and Inej also kind of have, like, ace vibes because they're so traumatized, but they, like, fall for each other, and I think that's one of those many reasons that I love them most because I have, like, I'm ace, and, like, watching them just, like, only have... You know something else kind of cool about it, I realized? When Nina and Matthias describe each other... They're often talking about, you know, like, her lips were so red and her, you know, his eyes were so blue... But I don't think Inej or Kaz really ever talk about each other's, like, bodies or appearances in a way that's, like, this was attractive to me. Their voices. That's what they talk about. Yeah. Like, Inej's voice is what the only thing that ground him. Um, like, kept him grounded. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of, like, with his fingers. But it's not, it's not attraction that way. Their attraction is, like, their deep-seated need for each other and, like, their partnership, not, like, their bodies. Partly because, again, I think they're too traumatized to really be able to think about bodies that way. This book just does a brilliant job having room for a lot of different kinds of love. Yes, and that's what I, I love about it so much because, like... I grew up with no representation of any kind of, like, arrow ace stuff. And, like, so I convinced myself I was bi. Because, like, that was the only option that was left. Right. Zero equals zero. <clears throat> right. Like, if I have that much attraction to everyone, um, that must mean I'm bi. <laughs> That's not how it works. It makes complete logical sense. It does. And I'm have. autistic, so my brain is like, yes! <laughs> two plus two equal four! Really? I'm like, no. I mean, yes, but no. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, I just really appreciate the way that all of these characters are allowed to be themselves and allowed to, like, 
push each other in very interesting ways. And then the old, another part of Kaz is that he is, um, he's broken. His body, he fell off a roof and broke his leg and it never healed right, so he always has a cane. He's in pain most of the time. And as someone who's, like, chronically in pain and, like, has broken things, like, having someone who is crippled and needs a cane and isn't able to do things as easily as someone else be such a powerful person physically and mentally was, like, really cool and really helpful and, like... I think Lee Bardugo... Uh, uses a cane sometimes. I remember reading. Mm. And so that part of that, like, you know, Catholic experience is based on their experience. Right. That's really cool. And I just, like, that's one of those things that just, like, isn't in most, like, high fantasy stuff. Or there'll be, like, that side character who has that issue. But usually that side character, that issue is, like, their whole thing. Like, they have a peg leg. People don't really live with disability in books usually they just are that disability and yes. that's their entire character um and and it again like the or fact that like magical disability which is right different like, yeah it's, it's interesting but it's not the it's same. not a physical like just normal problem it's, like it's represent it's not like it's clear representation right I feel like right and the fact that like um jesper's like clearly has really bad adhd and stuff and, like, Wylan is dyslexic to a point where he, like, can't read at all. Like, having these, like, different, like, neural types and, like, disabilities represented? I don't think I've ever seen such good representation around no. neurodiversity or disability in a book. No. And not in her other books either. And so I no. do think that that's, like, a little interesting. Um, but, like, it's it's just really cool... And the fact that they, like, all take care of each other through that. Like, the end pro- the end point for Jesper and Wylan is that they're going to stay together and Jesper is going to read the documents to Wylan so that they can have the company that is his family's company. There's also kind of the, like, um, <clears throat> hint that Jesper is going to maybe actually get more Grisha training or come to Ravka at some point to get some training. So he's right. not running from his powers. He's maybe, they're not his priority, but he's not running away from them anymore. Well, and I don't think they need to be his priority. Like, his powers are kind of for, you know, like, I mean, mostly for, like, violence and stuff. Like and, like... Sense he wanted to explore them more. Right. And I think that that's the thing, is that, like, that's good. Like, he's not making it a priority because he doesn't need it that no, way. Stability but is he's, like, letting himself, like, grow with it. Yeah, Jesper definitely needs stability, and Wylan is so stable. Right. Wylan is such a good little rock. <laughs> and he really needs someone like Jesper. Who yes. Can, like... Both make him happy and also help him with the things that he can't do. Um, And that's the thing, too, is that, like, Jesper's, like, really smart. And Wylan is really smart. They're very smart in very different ways, though, which just ends up being something that's, like, super helpful. Like, it just, like, makes them such a good couple because they have different things to offer. They're such good, like, business partners, too. I know. (laughs) That's so cute, too. So that's where they both end up together. Um, Nina ends up, like we kind of mentioned before, her plot is 
not quite finished because now she's basically going back to Ravka with Matthias's dead body to be able to bury him and beard on the ice. Yeah, so she her plan is to go back to Ravka and like heal and get ready and then go to Fierda and bury Matthias. And her plot is finished, is uh, more addressed in the next, the next series. Yeah. Which I just started. Um, and yeah, and so then the only people left is Kaz has, um, the Crow Club back and has money and power and is basically He's like the, the king of the barrel yeah. now. Um, and he is actively thinking about working on, like, improving lives with his power. Yeah. Um, and so that's super interesting. He also has been more vulnerable with Inej. Well, he he is more vulnerable in the last moment. So he also got, he found Inej's parents, and he gives Inej the boat to start her slave hunting and he, like, Slaver hunting. He is able to touch Janesh without his glove on and, like, have some contact. And, like, he, he's really trying for her. Well, because, like, where they left it after, like, all the dramatic things went down is Janesh tells him that, like, I will either have you without armor or I won't have you at all. And line. she leaves. And she just stays at Wyland's with Jesper and Wyland and... They just kind of chill and have a good time while Nina goes off to Ravka and Kaz, like, sets up his empire and then he finds all these things, both the boat and the parents for Inej, Mm -hmm. and that's where the books end, is that he brings Inej there to show her the boat and then her parents show up on the boat. So definitely Inej and Kaz still have like work to do, but it definitely But they're seems both like at a place where they trying. seem to be admitting that they're going to do the work yes. together. And be together. And that is like so fucking crunch. <laughs> oh! It's so um, cute. Oh, She's I... gonna go hunt slavers yeah, that's and Inej... he's gonna hunt them from the land. And Ash realized that's her calling is to go hunt other slavers. And he's gonna be like her harbor to come back. And he's also gonna help her hunt the people on land. I know I keep talking about how good these books are, but another layer of on the salt is all the characters have individual relationships with each other character and you even for two characters that don't have as much to do with each other, you understand how they feel about each other, and you see them talk and interact. Yeah, pretty much. I would say Wylan and Matthias have not as much so, but also they do have a very, like, light amount of interacting, and you do understand that they, like, respect each other and, like, care for each other, but they are, like, the furthest apart. I would say everyone else ends up having... A pretty deep connection with everyone else. Like it's a lot of characters. I know. Yeah, again, it's like six different characters with six very different backgrounds. You know, it kind of reminds me of Firefly. Like the way, yeah. like the characters as a team. You really like that was a very character-driven high show. Yeah. But um, yeah, I feel like all of the characters have some level of a relationship and like all of their different levels of relationship, they, like, push each other in different mm-hmm. ways. Like, Inej tells Jasper some things that, like, help him move forward with Wylan. And... Inej is the heart of the group. She is just... Yeah. 
She's so Which is funny because you'd kind of think it would be Nina. Yeah. But it's actually Inej. That's the heart of the group. I I know. It's so great. (laughs) But because she's like, you know, big and pretty and loud and charismatic, you'd like think it would be her, but it's actually Inej. Inej is a killer and also she's so good. Yeah. She's but she's only a killer out of necessity. And that's the thing, is that like she she remembers and like she prays to her um saints and she has a conscience and like she doesn't want to do those things mm-hmm. but she does choose her life over those other people and that's that point where it's like can you really blame right. someone for that um and if Jesus you can honestly that means that you probably have never had any she's, big trials she's like a survivor in every meaning of the word like right and i just i love that about her i love that she is a killer and that she does do these horrible things and yet she is the most moral of the entire you know, group i don't think i've ever read a book that has a story about a like young girl who was human trafficked like just about someone with that background. I don't think I've ever read that book. I feel like if I, if that's true, like when that's been true in different things, she's usually ended up being a victim and or an addict and like yeah. Or or like a very angry killer, which is like very fair to become an angry Inej killer. Isn't an angry killer. But Inej is like Inej is like almost as soft as Wylan, yeah. but also isn't because she has actually gone through trials, but she like chooses to be and soft. Inej is a really special character. I don't think I've ever read yeah. another character. Yeah, I I think Inej is one of the best, like, just most different characters. In some ways, I feel like maybe the like most different of all of the characters. Yeah, I mean, I think I, if you had asked me who my favorite was. I wouldn't have been able to give you an answer, but talking about it, I think Inej is my favorite. I mean, it's always been Inej or Kaz for me. But, again, like, when I read it, when I'm invested in these characters, every... It's like, I don't, like, skip chapters. Like, I don't skip points of view. Except for the random other people's (laughs) points of view. Because I don't give a fuck about what Pekka thinks. He is a little shit who can die. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I... (laughs) <laughs> I just think all of them are, like, really good and really interesting. Yeah, they're fabulous books. Yeah, I think they're favorites. Yeah. Ugh, done now. Done now.